0: Hi, and welcome to a special edition of Promo Insiders, an ASI media podcast covering the topics that matter most to the promotional products industry. I'm Digital Content Director Vinnie Driscoll, and today I'm joined by Sarah Levandusky, Executive Editor of Digital Content for ASI Media and Editor of Promogram Canada, and Kate Plummer, Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Clearmount in Toronto. In this pre-recorded audio chat from Twitter Spaces, I asked both Levandusky and Plummer about the current state of the promo industry in Canada and their predictions for the coming months. Welcome everybody in here, um, and welcome to today's promo space. I'm your host, Vinny, and I'm thrilled to have as guest Sarah Levandusky, Executive Editor of Digital Content for ASI. And Kate Plummer, Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Clearmont. Kate, I hope I have your title right.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, you know what, someone, I saw someone, it's a small business, so someone's uh, email signature had uh, president and janitor in it, and I always <laughs> think of that as like sales and marketing and organization and, you know, color fill when needed. So yeah, VP kind of is, feels very formal, but at the same time, it's one of those, when you're a small business, you're a little bit of everything.
0: Yeah, so from soup to nuts, you cover everything. I think yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of us on this call can appreciate that. You know, we're the ones you know doing the major things, but like you said, we're all we could be the ones cleaning the toilet too. So you know, it's 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 all part of the job. I think we can all relate. So let's talk about Canada. All right, Kate. I mean, everybody. I mean, I say everybody knows you because I've known you for a while. I think you're uh, you know a very vocal. You know, person in a Canadian um, market. But for those who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your business, and how long you've been in the promo industry?
1: Yeah, so um, those of you who are familiar with me from Promo Kitchen, the running joke is basically I'm kind of a big deal. Um, But I know that's largely in my own head. (laughs) But uh, so, Clearmount is a specialized acrylic manufacturer and we're based in Toronto and I joke that I've legally been working for Clearmount for 15 years now and because it's a family business illegally I've been working for it for over uh, 25 years so uh, it's one of those tiny hand stuff catalogs really well and that's what I've been doing for ages and so I kind of fell into this business of where I told my parents like they were in a pinch and needed an office manager and I was like, well, I'm never going to do this longer than like a year, maybe max. That's it. Don't depend on me. And then 15 years later, it's no longer my temporary job. And and so I'm also the vice chair of Promo Kitchen, which is a nonprofit for the promotional products industry, where we focus on education and mentorship. So if you're not familiar with us, you can go to promokitchen.org and we have a thriving mentorship program, as well as uh, we have podcasts and uh, newsletter and blogs and sort of all sorts of education tools to kind of help you navigate this weird and wonderful industry.
0: Well said. Um, Kate, we're where are you located exactly?
1: So I'm based in Toronto. Okay. So well, okay. So technically Scarborough, but Scarborough is, uh, the border of it. Like if you know Drake at all and the six, I'm part of the six. <laughs> um, uh, but basically Toronto is
2: okay.
0: where we're from. Okay, great. Sarah, uh, can you give us a little introduction on yourself as well? Yeah, sure.
2: Um, Hey, everyone. I am Sarah Lavendusky. I'm with ASI, our ASI Media team. Um, I am an executive editor of Digital Content, and I'm also the editor of Promogram Canada, which means I lead Canadian coverage for um, the promo industry. So I've been doing that for several years. I've been with ASI for seven years, seven and a half years, actually. Um, And I've been uh, covering Canada probably for like half that time so um yeah we have um we have our twice monthly promogram that goes out and we um try to just keep up with the canadian market and um you know there's a bit of di- of distance because we're not in canada so we're not kind of in that that marinade or milieu i would say so i really rely on my contacts in canada to give me um you know uh aside from what the news is telling me kind of what's on the ground what's happening. So um, I really rely on my Canadian contacts like Kate to give me a a feel for what's going on. So our conversation today for me in particular is really based on the conversations I've had in recent weeks and months with my Canadian Canadian friends. But yeah, I appreciate everyone being here, it's awesome.
0: Yeah, we have a good crowd in here today. Um, So Sarah, how long have you been covering the Canadian market?
2: Mm, I would say probably, (laughs) that's hard to say. I would say probably like, has it been four or five years? Probably like okay. four or five years. That's my guess. I'd say five years. Okay. Yeah.
0: Thank you. All right. So Kate, so can you give us a sense of where Ontario is at right now in terms of reopening?
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's kind of weird. Like I, in talking to friends and family and call and customers across Canada, like every province right now kind of operates in its own space. Um, we have like BC, no mass mandate, uh, they're opening up, you know, you can have larger parties. Um, and they were never hit as hard as Ontario was with this. So you can kind of see that Manitoba is lightening their restrictions. Alberta is kind of throwing it all to the wind. So there are some uh, joys from Alberta here. So there's the running joke that um, it's, you know, Alberta is our Florida, uh, whether that's true or not. Uh, but then Ontario is It's where the majority of suppliers and distributors are based, uh, especially suppliers. And and it's sort of everyone jokes that Toronto is the center of the universe. And we all think that way. And and we're surprised to find otherwise. But um, it's been it's opening up. So we were put on a plan. Uh, earlier this year. So Ontario was under lockdown for several months. Uh, Basically, I hadn't been to a a restaurant in a year and a half. And uh, so Toronto was under lockdown. And then they went all of Ontario because our cases kept jumping up and, and we're open now, events are still limited by size. Uh, And then um, mass mandates are still there for internal and there is a huge debate going on right now as across North America about vaccine mandates for teachers, for medical professionals, and um, we have a very intre- I'm not really going to get into politics, but knowing me, I probably will at some point, but we have a very interesting premier who's kind of our governor, and he is um, going against some science things, but it's been interesting watching the public sort of push and pull with him, and, and then we have the East Coast, which um, kind of locked themselves into an East Coast bubble, and uh, and they kind of uh, they stayed relatively case-free for a very long time and now they're opening up but they still have some mass mandates so it kind of it really varies by province to province i would say even more so than watching it in the states um and then as with everything everything out there is this giant fluid changing thing so what you know on monday is not always what you know on friday
0: yeah, I think we're all dealing with that. In, in the states, we we can appreciate that and understand what's going on up there because we're, we're in the same boat. I think each state kind of, you know, governs itself when it comes to this stuff. Um, you know, certainly the South, for, for the longest time, has been very loose in, in their restrictions and their mandates. Um, you know, while the North, you know, we're Sarah and I are based in, um, you know, uh, Pennsylvania, eastern Pennsylvania. You know, cases are low. Um you know, we've opened up, but we opened up a lot later than the South. So, you know, like you said, there's a lot there's a lot of fluidity there. And, you know, you don't know from one day to the next, you know, what to expect. So let me ask you about um, some of the, the step-by-step process that is taking place in Canada. Can you tell me what the exit step is and where Ontario is in terms of vaccinations?
1: Yeah, Ontario is actually... This is something we're pretty proud of here is Canada actually has surpassed uh, the U.S. about a month ago in terms of first shot and then fully vaccinated. So I think we're nearing 70 percent right now for if not fully vaccinated uh at least the first shot. So Ontario, we had a very slow start. Um, I would say it kind of really started in May was, you know, we were having pop-up clinics and the way they were doing it was by like hotspots. So you're actively looking to see if there's a ton of cases in your area, or you're deemed a hotspot. So when the notices would go out, what's a hotspot? You're you know, you're going. Oh God, I hope I'm in a hot spot. Well, at the same time, going. Oh no, I'm in a hot spot. And um, and so it went by postal code. And and now uh, vaccine uh, pop like pop up clinics and everything else have kind of gone down. Um, but for Ontario, we have over nine million people vaccinated right now, and we're averaging about forty thousand a day. It feels like so, um, which is really good. And it. There is a very big attitude in Canada about, you know, I don't know how to say this without sounding like a snob here or very pro-Canadian, but we're very much about community health, like community focus, and, you know, we're kind of rule followers a little bit. And so you're seeing a lot of that of sort of people kind of um, going, okay, this is for the greater good. And um, but at the same time, we have our anti-vax movements and we have, um, you know, people protesting lockdowns like a lot of people. Because the lockdown in Ontario was so hard for such a long time, um, you see you had a lot of protests going around sort of, you know, Doug Ford, our premier, you know, hates small businesses, and small businesses need us to open, and um, and but it's kind of the same in the U.S. But I would say we have less of an anti-vax movement, but it's still there. Like it's not, you know there is a huge debate going on about vaccine mandates and our school start up in a couple weeks. And that's been even more of, you know, do you have like mandate for teachers to be vaccinated? Do you, you know, wear kids on this? And so it's, it's changing. Like, I I mean, you can't look at the news right now without kind of going, ah okay, okay, sure. And, you know, being alarmed about some form, but I would say we, vaccination is, on the rise here. Um, I don't know if this made it to your radar, even you you, Sarah, but uh, anyone here know about Vax Hunters Canada? It it was, uh, anyone or am I telling you about a new Twitter account?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have never heard of it, no.
1: Okay, so the vaccine rollout was interesting, like rather than having a federal response, they had a provincial response. And, you know, there was lineups, you know, digital lineups for online things. And um, but then what happened was this group of Canadians, they kind of got together and they're like, I think we can do this in an interesting way. So they um, started Vax Hunters Canada. And basically what it was, was they would tweet out pop-up clinics, um, leftover doses in pharmacies, and planning things. And they focused in Ontario, like a lot of their volunteers were Ontario-based, but then they went um, kind of federal, so doing all this stuff. And a lot of people, like, I mean, we at Clearmount credit Vax Hunters with getting a lot of our staff vaccinated, because we were watching it constantly, being like, pop-up clinic around the corner whatever staff can go go get your first shot go get your second shot um, and so Vax Centers was very key to kind of a huge push because it just became this rallying cry so they were on they started on Twitter but they had like it was an amazing social media moment of Twitter Facebook Discord they had it all going and um, and they are now actually shutting it down like they're in the process because they're like the demand for us is waning because you know, so many people have gotten their first shots, like it's no, you know, the people that are trying to, uh, like, get their shot now are no longer city-based, core-based, they're people who, you know, are hesitant about it and want to learn more, and so that's the job of the doctor, it's not the job of a Twitter account, but um, Vaccine Hunters Canada is a very interesting organization, and it was entirely volunteer-led, volunteer-grown, and, um, but yeah, so that's, that's where, like, that was kind of the response to it of like sort of this is how the vaccine rollout happened like it was slow but the ramp up for it was really fast.
0: Interesting so Sarah I think you got your your next lead for your for another article.
2: (laughs) Yeah exactly yeah.
0: (laughs) All right Sarah So, I know Kate Kate's in Ontario so she can really speak to Ontario Um, but you cover you know Canada as a whole can you give us um, you know a little bit of a sense of you know what other you know provinces are like uh you know with reopening i know kate touched upon a little bit but can you expound on the other provinces
2: yeah sure um so as kate mentioned you know ontario is um for me at least the way i picture it is it's kind of like our new york or la right so it's the, the big city um towards the coast that is the it's the most populous province in canada So, and that's where most of our promo companies are. So it tends to dominate coverage. So I try to, it's really tempting to just sit in Ontario and kind of cover Canada from there. But I I try to branch out as much as possible from coast to coast. Um, So Canada itself has been, a little bit behind us in terms of reopening as kate mentioned so like when i attended the virtual women's empowerment event in may which kate is actually on the committee for that which is awesome um but a lot of the attendees for from different provinces were at that point in may only able to still go to essential stores so that's Grocery and pharmacy, maybe the Lickbo in, in Ontario. But for anybody who doesn't know, that's um, the LCBO.
1: It's the Liquor Control Board of Ontario because we have centralized purchasing yeah. for our alcohol, which is a whole other discussion there.
2: Oh, we in Pennsylvania, we yeah. have the same. We
1: have state stores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the
2: same thing. Those were open, of course, uh, which was important. But um, but we here at that point, we're, we're already able to go back to restaurants, we were starting to take off our masks, non-essential retail. So we were already ahead of Canada. But um, from what I'm hearing, and again, this is from, like, I'd say Quebec to British Columbia, promo firms now, they're obviously eager to get back to business, but customers are still playing it safe. Um, so they're a little trigger shy, especially in Ontario, because the long the long lockdowns um, that were, like, some of the world's longest, I think. And so they think, will this happen again. And they're seeing... The Delta variant here in the state, so that's of concern. We're hearing about vaccinated people testing positive, so what does that exactly mean? Um, booster shots are now of, of, you know, concern. Is that going to be what everyone needs? So those who bought promo, what I'm hearing is that those who bought promo during the pandemic, like kitted boxes sent to employees or for virtual events, right, they're still buying, they're still doing that. But those who didn't buy aren't back yet, and they're not they're not buying yet. Um, so companies that have U.S. clients are doing well with them because we're more open But um, but like Kate mentioned, Canada still isn't allowed to have those large scale events that are really going to bring promo back in a big way, like conferences and trade shows. So that business, which, of course, is huge for promo, has not returned yet. Um, And although Canada did open their border to fully vaccinated Americans last week, about about 10 days ago, um, the provinces missed the summer tourism season. And of course, they're dealing with the same supply chain and staffing issues that we're dealing with here. So the vibe, I would say, is tentatively optimistic. I think in general, Canadians tend to be optimistic, but there's still a ways to go and there's still a lot of uncertainty as they're kind of seeing how they're following us like a step behind. They're seeing how there's already uncertainty here about people aren't, aren't bringing their people back like they thought they would around Labor Day. Um, they're putting everything on hold here. And I think Canada is seeing similar things right now.
1: Yeah, I have to agree with Sarah there. There's definitely, I think, in Ontario especially, because the way our lockdowns kind of worked was, it was, hey, we're opening up. And then by, you know, Monday, we're like, by Friday, we're open up. And then Friday, it's like, no, we're shutting down even more. And so there is a real hesitancy in Ontario to kind of be like, but are we really opening up? Like, is this really going to happen? And um, but the thing that it is currently, because we should always talk about anything involving COVID as a current thing, is that our openings are tied to our vaccination rates. So the higher our country gets vaccinated, the more we're going to open. But it is still the, we're watching what is happening in the US and kind of going, okay, we're slightly different. Like our rates aren't the crazy explosions that you're having in some of your states. And so, but it, it hasn't taken away that but really, are we okay? Like, are we really do- doing that? But I will say concerts, um, the Arcells, which is a Hamilton band here, they had their first concert at uh, an outdoor stage. So it was outdoor on a lawn, but they had their first concert this past weekend, following weekend. Um, so concerts are coming back, but not on the scale of events as before.
0: Yeah, so I think Kate, you, Kate and uh, Sarah, you bring up the hesitancy in Canada. So they're, they're, they're a little bit more conservative in terms of reopening. They're watching America open up, and we've been opening up for, for, you know, pretty much since the spring, you know, we're you know, all systems go, concerts, you know, I mean, Lollapalooza was a couple weeks ago, and there was, what, hundreds of, hundred thousand people there, you know, and it's like, yeah. you know, we're, we're like, all systems go.
1: Yeah, what COVID?
0: <laughs> yeah, and then, and then Canada's sort of like slowly opening, and then now all of a sudden we're getting all these cases, and you guys, so you're saying that you're getting a little bit spooked from what's going on in, in America. Is that true?
1: It, it's hard not to watch what's happening in America and think that could happen here, because the path that you guys, we were very smug at the beginning, being like our cases are so low, and then we shot up. So it's hard not to look at that and kind of think this is different, this is it. So I will say like people, like people aren't a hundred percent back at the office. They're not a hundred percent, you know, back to events. The rollout has been really slow. Hiring is really hard for people right now. And um, so we are as a country, I would say kind of at our base, very risk adverse. And so I can, I know a lot of people who are just like, you know, we're opening up but on our own pace, not where the government wants us. So uh, restaurant I'm a big fan of, like in small town Ontario, like they, you know, they opened up for indoor dining about a month after the government said it was okay because for them to scale up to that open point, it takes a lot. Like, and as a small business, like for us, if we, when we shut down, when we opened up again, it was really hard to get us going, even though the office stayed going remote, like, back in the factory like we were shut down for a month in March last year and you don't come back from that easily and you know you don't come back from that as an event space as a restaurant as a you know as a tourism spot like you need scaling up you need training and and how the rollouts kind of happened of open close open, close it made people very hesitant to put their resources back into opening up when it could have been so risky to shut down again so it's not so much like it is risk adverse, but it's also sort of being conscious of what could happen, especially when we have, like the future is, you know, downstairs for us in the United States and and we're watching it, so.
0: Right, right. So let me, Kate, let me ask you about ClearMont. Um, Can you tell us how business has been in 2021 and can can you could also compare it to 2020?
1: Yeah, so 2021, we are, we're down where we've been slower. Um, the nice part about last year was that even though we're focused on awards and that's like the core of our business, a lot of our award business didn't stop. Like it wasn't canceled. There were some events canceled, but the bulk of our stuff really kind of came down to um you know, ongoing programs, like we're, we're big on repeat jobs here. So a lot of our repeat jobs kept coming through. And I would say for a while, there was like people were hesitant. So if they were ordering 60 instead of 100, you know, um, the crazy part for a while there was kind of like, oh, so, you know, can you remove this name from this award? So and so no longer works here. And we'd hear that a lot for a while. We we're just like, what is happening in this job market? And wow. um, so that was kind of, you know, that's where you're really feeling it is when the awards start, getting their names pulled back (laughs) Um, but we are it's been a slower summer than normal but summers are traditionally slow for us our peak times are probably in the coming month so September is when everyone kind of Starts up because um, recognition programs are usually tied to end of year. But I will say what we're working on now more than anything are recognition programs that aren't tied to sales or um, years of service because those are big parts of our business. But um, they're tied to, you know, kind of one of those you did a good job, you survived 2020. We want to reward our people like that's what I'm hearing a lot in inquiries is we really want to reward our team for get it like for making it through and accomplishing this goal. So recognition is definitely on the upswing. If you're if you're a salesperson, you're not selling recognition in some form, like put it on your docket because um that that's tied into, like, where we were and where we are. I think, especially at the start of the year and now, like, people are being very retrospective of what was accomplished with the hurdles. And um, so we're, you know, I'd like to be busier, but I also know my busy time starts in September. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, you know, certainly recognition um, these last two years and, you know, in the foreseeable future is going to be big um, with employees. You know, I think that you know, in 2020, we all, we all did, you know, nobody knew what they were going through. It was unprecedented. And we all just kind of batten down the hatches and we all worked our butts off. We gave up vacations and, you know, we really came through for, uh, you know, our companies. And I think we were all recognized for that in, in some way, shape or form. And I think that's going to continue. Um, so, you know, being in recognition, I think, you know, you're, you're in it, survivable area. You know, I feel pe- bad for people who, like last year, their primary um, market was events, trade shows, events. Um, you know, those were the industries or the markets that were affected the most. Um, so let me ask you, like, what, what has been your biggest challenge thus far in 2021? Um, every,
1: 2021? Can yeah. I just say, can I just say 2021 has been a giant challenge?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, that, yeah, yeah
1: you know what it's I'm trying to think about this because there's so many like I mean mental health is a major one I'm seeing it not just in my own office but across the board like with the Promo Kitchen volunteers I'm seeing it with like uh, other my friends companies is mental health is probably a major factor for a lot of people to keep into consideration um, there was this great article on from Trello, and I'll, tweeted out um, but it was about burnout and it was sort of like one of the things you should be watching in your team right now is burnout and how slowly and quietly that can just come up and kind of wreck productivity and all sorts of things so I would say burnout. Um, One of the things is I would also say for us that is a concern is um, is, so my factory is 100% vaccinated. Everyone here has had two shots and we're like we're all vaccinated. But it is a concern for me because I have a lot of staff. I have staff with uh, like immunocompromised people. I have staff with kids. And um, and it's, it is a concern of sort of like if COVID comes to us, like knock on wood, praise, praise, you know, whatever is out there. And um, we have not had a case of COVID, but it is something, if COVID comes to us, like, it is a hard hit for a business. And in our case, is co- if one of our guys gets a case, that's a department gone, because we're a small operation. And even though everyone's cross-trained is, you know, just for safety, like, what what would I do? And if it ripped through my factory, you know, I'm shut down. And how do I, you know, how do I keep business and be competitive when I'm telling people, like, hey, we've just got to make sure we're not you know, we're not infectious people. And so the threat of COVID is not gone for a lot of small businesses. I think a lot of people kind of thought once they got their vaccination, it's all good. But it is something that factors into concerns for small businesses of sort of, what does it mean if we're, like if a case comes into our factory? Like what level of safety do we need to be? Like who who's going to lose? How many, like one of the things we work on constantly here is cross-training. Is what's your position? How many people in this factory know how to do your position.
0: Right. You know, I love that you brought up mental health because I think that's something that all of us and, you know, in some level have to, have dealt with in the last year and a half. In fact, next week's space, um, Jeremy Picker is in here right now and we're gonna be doing a, a space on protecting your mouth, mental health, especially for people like, you know, all of us who, who are on social media a lot, um, and we we get these distractions, uh, you know, all the time. You know, not only living with the real fear of you know COVID, but seeing all the news that I mean, it, it's it's a unprecedented time in that there's so much going on and there's so much to worry about other than focusing on your business. And I think that I love that you know you brought that up because I think a lot of people would have said you know we've got supply chain issues. we I mean we we everyone's dealing with that. But the mental health aspect is is really one that I think affects probably every business.
1: Oh, yeah. And, and in major ways, like it's one of those, there was a study out and like, I mean, I use this to sell awards, sort of talking about like, how are you rewarding your staff? How are you getting them to, you know, feel appreciated and rewarded in your company? But it's also like... If you lose a staff member where they're just like, I don't want to do it. I'm gone. I'm out. Like the training costs for you are huge. The replacement costs for you are huge. Like it's kind of, you know, if it helps you to be very capitalistic and think in terms of cost of, um, you know, humans in terms of numbers. If you lose a person because they're not happy, they're burned out. You know, this job isn't good for their mental health. That's a huge amount of co- like money for you. Like it's estimated at a third of a person's salary. So you've got someone and you're paying them $60,000. Are you prepared to lose $20,000 because you couldn't, you weren't aware of what's going on with your staff? Like, it's it's major and, and it's really hard because sometimes, you know, your own mental health is hard enough and kind of pulling your head up and looking around is difficult, but it is a factor. Like, we should all be very cautious and very alert of what is happening with our staff in terms of workload, in terms of happiness. I mean... The thing about the great resignation that's supposed to happen in September where everyone's used up their vacation time and now they're off to a different job that wasn't as stressful. Like it's it's all going to happen there. And you can I see it already happening in the U.S., which means, you know, Canada isn't that far behind of job changing, job searching, um, people returning to the job market, people kind of being like, hey, I was happy for the two months that I was off. I was happy, you know, when we did this and I'm not happy anymore. Like we're going to see it and it's just sort of we should you should be aware of mental health within your company just as a just just as no. a cost saving practice I agree. <laughs> so it's very capitalistic but yes
0: <laughs> no i agree 100 percent and i think that's you know since this pandemic has hit you know asi and sarah can attest to this you know we we sit through many meetings and you know they're 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 not long, but they're like, hey, we're checking in on your mental health. We want to make sure everyone's, uh, you know, doing okay. Uh, you know, and that was something early on that we, we were, it's like, oh, my God, we have another meeting. But then it, once you realize that these were mental health, you know, wellness checks, you know, you started to appreciate them. you're like, okay, I, I see what, you know, Michelle Bell is doing. She's looking out for her, her staff. She wants to make sure they're okay. Um, and, you know, you come to appreciate that even though. Me personally, I hate meetings, but you yeah, know, it's one of the things that you have to you know accept. Um, so we have a couple more questions. Um, you know, I'll open up to any comments or questions shortly. Um, but I'm going to open this question up to both uh, Sarah and Kate. So Chris Ruvo, you know, he's one of our prolific writers. You know, he, he covers pretty much everything. He wrote an article recently that stated the Canadian consumer and business sentiment was soaring, and that 53 of the con- of the country. I believe they would get strong over the next six months. This was written in early July. Just six weeks later, do you still feel that the sentiment is the same in the country? Sarah, I'll ask you first.
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, um, so when Chris wrote that report, um, which was early July, that was when things were starting to open up. I believe it was about two to three weeks into Ontario's reopening, which was June 11th. And vaccination rates were expanding after a slow start. So Ontario, especially, was finally getting um, turning a corner. Now, we're still waiting on an official confidence report for August. But I would say there's other the, the headwinds are real now again. So I would say for sure, as Kate mentioned, the mental health is a big one. Uh, because of a lot of uncertainty and stress that's ongoing, but also, you know the possibility of the delta variant um, inflation, which we're seeing here as well. I mean, things are just generally more expensive. And short staffing means you're waiting longer to pay more, which is really frustrating. And of course, that should impact consumer confidence. Um, and actually, I found a report yesterday from the Globe and Mail, which is in Canada. Um, and it says that inflation jumped 3.7% last month, which is the fastest in 10 years because of just crazy housing prices, supply chain issues. Um, so it's more than experts had anticipated and it's the highest this year. So far it just keeps climbing. Um, so the cost of living in Canada is rising across the country. I mean, we'll see what moves the bank of Canada makes kind of like our fed. We'll see what they, what moves they make to, to relieve that pressure. But um, you know, cars are really expensive, furniture is expensive, gas prices are up 30 percent, cost of food rose two percent. So, I, I just think now, and now that they're seeing what's happening here, I, I I have a feeling that that confidence has been dampened a bit. Um, and there's but there's a hamper put on it just because I, I, I think that confidence report was back when things were like looking good and the reopening was happening and vaccination rates were rising, but now that there's there's other headwinds as a result that I, I think are going to impact that that number.
0: Kate, what about you?
1: Yeah, I agree with Sarah. I, I think we're not kind of out of the woods yet. Like our housing costs have jumped a huge amount, especially, you know, in Canada especially our real estate here is just wild to begin with but it really it really jumped up unfortunately over um the past year and a half and to the point where it's kind of priced a ton of people right out of the market and and you're seeing our gas costs have gone up i think that confidence will drop i but i also think that it's kind of those are really interesting snapshots in time As Sarah said, like you're looking at you know things are reopening i think if you did it right now people would be Really down. Like, it's just one of those, you know, costs are up, but also schools are opening. So, you have all these parents who are really alarmed. You have, um, like, I mean, it's a factor for a lot of parents to sort of think, well, what are my childcare options for my kids? Like, am I homeschooling again? And, you know, what I always think about is, like, what women, you know, a ton of women got pushed out of the workplace. For childcare, is that going to happen again when we were just getting them right back into the workplace? And um, I, I I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but I think we have a lot of hardships with us. Sarah said headwinds, and I think that's kind of the best way to think about it. Is um, you know we're pushing against things, but we're still we're still working towards a really positive goal. Like I think I think we can see a light. It's just you know, there's a lot of clouds in the way.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, I agree with you. I think um, we're not going to start to get back to normal or what we considered normal until next year, um, next summer. You know, I'm hoping that, you know, this fall and this winter won't be like last year when everything shut down. Um, I don't think it's going to be. Um, you know, I feel like, you know, the vaccine is going to, if you're vaccinated, I think, you know, you're in a good spot, you know, I'm vaccinated, you know, I go out to restaurants, I've been to concerts, you know, it's not preventing me from doing the things I love. You know, my concern is just, you know, most people's concern when the fall and the winter, you know, you've got flu season, you've got, I've got, you know, a four year old kid and, you know, he can't be vaccinated. So, you know, I've got these X factors that I'm dealing with that certainly give me pause. Um, And I probably won't be 100% confident until, you know, next year. Um, But that said, Kate, so let me ask you about, and I think we kind of touched upon this a little bit, what what are some of the products and markets that have been strong um, in Canada and for you in in 2021 so far?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, awards, recognitions, like those are definitely on the rise for us. I can see them in so many small ways. Um, Events are still suffering. Uh, We haven't done as many... Work from home kind of products. I think that is very strong for the U.S. and I see it here, but not on the same scale. Um, we have an election coming up. Uh, our election cycles are much much shorter than the U.S. ones. In that, um, from it just got announced last Sunday, um, and will only go for five weeks. So um, you know that kind of the swag that it would be interesting to see because this is the first Canadian election that's happened during the pandemic. So how are we pivoting with our swag on that? But that's something for people to look forward to. I know mailers definitely go up um, and sort of how, how do you reach touch points now in a pandemic um, for a really widespread country? But um, yeah, so I would say that is, it is like people I've, I've been seeing a lot more like merch, like, A lot of companies that I wouldn't have thought would have done clothing, hats, etc., I'm seeing them do a lot of. Um, So that's been really interesting to see Uh, sort of restaurants. I mean, they're all on smaller scales. We all want the 10,000-piece order, but um, these are looking more like 1,000-piece orders. Um, I will say the one thing I see a ton of with our company is um, COVID vaccine vials because we can embed the vials inside. So we're, we're just seeing you know for a while there (laughs) I felt like a vaccine pop-up clinic Um, but we are seeing a lot of vials because it is one of those like reward and recognition programs we're seeing a lot of people who want to reward the nurses the administrators the scientists that were involved in the vaccine rollout and um, you know doing a really cool piece with like a vial embedded in a column in a block is what we're seeing out there so um, yeah it's It is one of those, like, it's so fluid. I was joking with someone it's like, someone asked if I wanted to plan a meeting on October. And I was like, that month does not exist for me yet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Strictly by a six week schedule here.
0: (laughs) I think we're all on the same boat with that. that's you know, you're speaking our language here. Um, And it's funny that you bring up um, the vaccine. You know, I saw an opportunity the other day, you know, the, the vaccine card that I have, is a flimsy piece of paper. And I think most people are in the same boat. And so my wife had ordered these laminated plastic carriers. And I'm like, that's an opportunity right there, you know, to have a, a branded, you know, Vax card." Because a lot of places now, um, you know, ostensibly are going to require vaccinations. Like New York City yeah. saying, hey, you know, you can't get into a bar or restaurant without proof of vaccination or a negative test. So, you know, I've got this, piece of paper that's crumpled up in my wallet and I can't find it. I lose it. You know, the, the whole, um, laminated card, I almost think like a lanyard. Um, you know, that to me is an opportunity. Um, so Sarah, let me open that question up to you. Uh, What are you hearing about strong products and markets in Canada in 2021?
2: Yeah, I think, um, uh, it's still a lot of warehousing fulfillment, Um, Kidding boxes they're still big for remote workers especially as Kate mentioned you know people are um, kind of going at their own pace with reopening so even if they can bring people back it remains up to them if they want to or not so uh, there's still uh, remote workers in Canada so that's been a a big one Um, also for Q4 gifting and awards as Kate can obviously speak to But um, in-person events, which I think is really going to be, and for us too in in the United States, it's the same thing. Events coming back is really where we need to be. Um, I believe there's some uh, pro-athletic events. Like I think think it was the Toronto Blue Jays. They're able to have Mm -hmm. some fans in their stadium. But um, it's like, you know, it's a fraction of what normally would be there. And it's just not enough yet um, for Canada promo to really recover. Um. So I, I think, you know, again, they, they, they're seeing the rise in Delta here. They're being very cautious. I, I'm thinking, you know, they start to look at the possibility in Q1 of next year in terms of return of events. I don't think it's going to be serious before then, especially as Vinny, you mentioned, we're heading into the cold flu season. So that's another damper. Uh, so yeah, 2021 is another lost year, I think for Canadian promo. Um, we saw a little bit of a, a bright light, but I think that's dimming a bit now. So I, I think that that companies there are just at this point gonna have their hands full of just trying to source product for the clients that buy in Q4 because of supply chain issues. So I, I think and that's putting a damper on like how creative you can get with really cool, promo campaigns because you're all your resources and energy are devoted to like just sourcing product which is really um it, it's unfortunate but as far as the promotion products professionals of canada the pbpc organization it looks like as far as i know kate maybe correct me if i'm wrong but i looked yesterday it looks like their q4 shows are still virtual i have not heard anything yet about a live natcon i don't think that's going to be happening so um yeah i i just i it's right now i think it's just kind of more of the same um just anything that's can be adapted to like a virtual environment in terms of, you know, sending people, um, you know, items for remote events or um, a recognition at, uh, at their home offices I think is big right now, but distributors are still telling me that those who haven't bought during the pandemic aren't back yet.
1: So yeah,
2: it's going to be, it's going to be a little while still. yeah
1: PPBC is still virtual. I think for a while there, they were kind of working towards being in person, but the Delta, the variant is really causing a lot of people to be wary about it um I really what I really liked about PPC is that they've been they have a weekly newsletter and they've been surveilling um like surveying their members like every week sort of like what would make you go to an event would you want it to be vaccine mandated um would you like are you vaccinated like what it is kind of getting us like a feel for the industry which has been interesting so but it you know Again, <laughs> planning more than six weeks ahead, really is troublesome. And that's really tough for companies that are used to planning like four to eight months ahead to a year ahead and to kind of you know last year we were all like we're going to get the vaccine we're going to be fine and and it changes and so I mean everyone hates hearing the word we have to be adaptive but unfortunately we're stuck being adaptive right now and um, and there's only so much you can recoup and change and um, focus for your companies but you know 2021 we had big hopes for I hope that you know magic happens and we're good but you know, fingers crossed, knock on wood,
0: all the stuff. yeah Well, Sarah and, and Kate, thank you so much. Um, now, I'm going to open it up to, you know, the remaining listeners. If you have a comment or question, and I see that Kathy has has entered the space as well, there's a mic, um, request mic at the bottom uh, bottom left of your phone. You, you can't talk on desktop, unfortunately. But if you want, if you have a comment or question, and I see that Kathy is doing that now then please by all means you know jump up and 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 ask us kathy welcome hi how you doing
3: i'm great thanks for having us this is awesome guys
0: yeah thanks for joining kathy (laughs) of course better late than never kathy but um i'm glad you're here uh you have you have a comment or question about um the market
3: um, not so much. I wanted to hear what everyone else had to say. And so um, here I am. But thank you for doing this. This is great.
0: Yeah, I mean, this conversation, I thought it was a great conversation. Uh, now, I'm going to try to get this archived. Um, and I think this is going to be worth, uh, you know, sharing down the line as, as a podcast. Um, because you, you missed a pretty good conversation early on, Kathy, and I'll get the archive and I'll send it out to you. But thank you for for joining us. Um, You know, certainly we're trying to get the word out about, you know, our promo space, you know, every Friday at one o'clock Eastern time. So again, thank you for joining. Um,
1: I actually have a question for Kathy and I would love to hear her, like (laughs) an earlier (laughs) one that you had. (laughs) Cathy <laughs> and I talk a lot, and I still haven't asked her this recently. Um, so we've kind of touched on like how we're seeing our own companies do. How are you seeing? Because Redwood is part of the large, like the parent company of Redwood does a lot of retail um, yes. lines. Like, how are you seeing uh, your retail as well as your promo? Like, what is happening to them? Like, I, that would be like, are you seeing any difference? Is it kind of like screw 2021 or? Where is your stance on it?
3: Um, We've been pretty fortunate. I think the fact that um, we've diversified our portfolio, not everything is in promo. If anything, if we were just to focus on Redwood Classics, which is our premium blanks program, um, we've seen a huge spike in sales for our retail resellers, actually. And we've been opening up uh, reseller accounts globally now. Um, We just opened, uh, we just shipped out... Our first order to the Netherlands. Um, We're shipping out to UK, uh, we're shipping out to New Zealand. Um, I think for us especially in our space of premium fleece and jersey and you know like kind of work from home type of collection. um, We're very much influenced and we service a lot of influential streetwear brands And if you follow some of the influential streetwear brands, a lot of it is actually made in Canada. And some of it is actually made from our parent company, which is the factory. Um, So we are finding that made in Canada and the quality and the level of quality that we're putting out at Redwood Classics is being adopted by a number of especially online direct-to-consumer brands. And they're going, let's say they're a shoe company, they're going from a shoe company and expanding into really becoming a full-on lifestyle company. And um, being in knits, that seems to be, you know, a really hot commodity. I will, I, I can share that we've probably sold more track pants in the last eighteen months than we've ever sold in the last ten years. <laughs> it's it's business at the top and party on the bottom. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a great point, Kate. I mean, that could be it. You know, there's a, there's a definite trend in in casual wear where it's like you know sweatpants you know <laughs> i think we can all appreciate you know the last year and a half where we've been stuck at home and you get up and you just want a pair of sweats and it's the same pair of sweats because you've only had one pair of sweats and you're like you know what i need more so i think that's kind of where that's going um
1: yeah we're not going back to hard pants Vinny. it's it's soft pants only now
0: <laughs> here's a fun fact i picked up dry cleaning um in june that was waiting for me since March of 2020. So oh, Benny. <laughs> I felt so bad to the woman, you know, I was like, you know what, I actually paid double for it. And I was like, I feel so bad. You know, I, I was, I, I forgot about it. She had left messages, but that the clothes are still sitting in my closet. And I'm like, I used to get dry cleaning done every week. And I haven't had dry cleaning done cause I haven't had a reason. You know, I still yeah. haven't flown in an airplane. I haven't gone any – I didn't go to ASI Show Chicago because I was on vacation. Um, poor me, right? Uh, yeah. but, but honestly, like, I have not been anywhere other than I had a funeral um, where I had to get dressed up, you know. And it it's kind of spooky that dry cleaning – like, I feel bad for dry cleaning businesses because they're, you know, they, they're either out of business or they're – I mean, they're definitely struggling. Um, so, yeah, it's just – Fashion is starting to take that trend on. Um, So, Amanda, I I saw you raised your hand. I wasn't sure if you wanted to speak. I've got you up as a speaker. Um, Do you have a comment or question?
4: Well, I was just trying to wave when Kathy came on to speak. I wanted to tune in and hear what Kate and Sarah and you guys had to say. Although, ironically, I will say that my pair of sweatpants, the one pair that I wear over and over and over again, is a pair of Redwood Classics uh, sweatpants that I think I got like 2018 at a common skew event. So speak to the quality. Um, but yeah, no, I was just just waving happy to be here. You scared me. I didn't know what you were uh, pulling me up on to talk about.
0: No, when there's, when there's a a group small like this and you know, I actually prefer spaces that are smaller and intimate because then it's, people are are not afraid to get up and speak. Um, you know, and earlier on there was maybe 12, 15 people in this room. Um, and to me, that's that's as big as our space has been. But when it's six, seven people, again, a lot of time, you know, everyone is is familiar with each other, and they're, and they're confident, and they get up, and, and they can speak. But I don't think I've ever talked to you, Amanda. Um, I know that I've talked to um, uh, Kate and Kathy at shows. Sarah, of course, I work with. Um, I have Jolie now uh, up to speak, and I Jolie, I've never spoken to you either. How you doing?
5: Hey, sorry. I'm playing around with my phone. I've never done this either. So, hi, guys. Hi, Kathy. Hi, <laughs> <Should> Julie. <we? laughs> I don't know. I know Kathy. I'm not sure if I know anyone else. I have recognize everyone. So, yeah, it's the first time. So, this has been great. It's been really informative. And when you were first talking at the beginning about Clubhouse, I thought that was interesting because I'm sort of a fly in the wall there as well and trying to figure it out. I'm not sure. You know what? Time is such a, of the essence, right? So okay. I think that, like you were saying earlier, we're also got so much going on and I just, there's not enough hours in a day. So anyway, I was curious to check this out. And I think what you were saying is um, really informative and it's kind of interesting what's going on. I've been, I mean, June and July were pretty slow, but August has actually been really busy because I do have clients that are heading back in September so what I've been doing there's been seems to be a lot of welcome back to work and thanks for hanging in there for the last 18 months and you know we're, we're excited to get back but um I can't remember who was saying about how the Delta, I think it was Kate, you were talking about the Delta rising. so and of course Alberta is like a black mark on Canada, so we're I'm, heading back cut you out. I'm heading back to Montreal next week. That's where I'm from originally. I'm heading back to Montreal on Wednesday to visit my family and my sister's like, did you get Double vax because you're not staying with us if you didn't?
0: <laughs> so
5: you know, it, it is kind of crazy.
0: y'all um, is like the New York and uh Albert is like the Florida
5: yeah exactly and I'm in
0: Florida
4: so oh, okay. <laughs> oh yeah I'm in Florida which is a a lawless lawless state and I I've been vaccinated I follow the rules I you know I've been paying a lot more attention to what's been going on everywhere else obviously but um I do not represent the entire state of Florida I'd just like to throw <laughs> oh, that <yeah>. out here <laughs>
5: You know, uh, and I have to say, too, what you were saying. Sorry, one more thing. It's just I do like the small group. I, I think it's a lot less intimidating. And, you know, we, we're we all in the same industry. We're all dealing with the same challenges. And I think it's a great way to sort of share experiences versus if there was, you know, 150 people on here. My, like, I've, I've I've had to talk or I've, I haven't had to talk, but I've been asked to talk. Um, on Clubhouse sometimes and I get in a room and there's like a thousand people and I'm like all tongue-tied because it's really intimidating. So I do like the smaller group. I agree.
0: I agree with you. Like I've been in in Clubhouse where there's just way too many people. I was in a space the other day. ESPN uh, actually hosted it. There was 1,500 people in there and I was like, I was turned off from the moment I got in because there's just way too many people in there. Yeah. Like I like to get into a space where... I feel that I can add value to the conversation and that's usually the spaces that I listen to. And if there's more than 50 people in there, I may stick around, but there's no chance I think that I can get up there and, and talk because I feel like it's occupied with multiple speakers and co-hosts. Um, but I like these. I like when they're 10 to 15 people and, and I think at the max site it was 15 and I saw some new faces in there and I clicked on their profiles and I saw that they were they were Canadian. And I was like, okay, that's that's good. At least they're starting to kind of see the topics. They're they're not stumbling in by mistake. They're actually interested in the topic. Yeah, and getting in there.